This audio file comes from the Libri Ideas Library at www.libri-ideas-library.org. The library contains over 1,000 lectures and discussions which explore questions about the reality and relevance of Christianity. We ask you to respect the copyright for this audio file which belongs to Libri Fellowship. The file is for personal use to share with friends, family and colleagues, but please do not publish the material in any format or post it on a website without seeking permission from Libri Fellowship. Please note that views expressed in the lecture and discussion time do not necessarily represent the views of Libri Fellowship. A very good evening to you all. It is a pleasure to sort of be with you. <laughs> I was saying earlier that it is very strange to prepare a lecture, to give an English degree and not be there. It was our home for uh, uh, many years and a home that we love and we loved dearly. And we I recognize many of your faces some of you still sit in the same spots you love to sit when we were there. <laughs> and that's lovely to see. I see you very tiny, but I do see you. And thank you for everybody that joined uh, online too. It is a, a lovely thing to be together. One of the good things that technology gives us. Uh, as Jim said, we are here in the south of Brazil. And last year, uh, around this time last year, we started the work of Libri in the south of Brazil. So you are always welcome to come and see what we are doing here. We would love to have your prayers with us. And uh, it's just a tiny little work. And uh, we just hope the Lord will nourish it, make it grow, send his people as he does to the manor so we can, yeah, demonstrate his love and his care for people and just be, yeah, a little light, even in our brokenness uh, in this corner of the world. But, yeah, we do miss you all. Jesus sends his love uh, and Beja. We have a four-year-old that was born there. And, uh, yeah, the manor is always going to be very dear to us. But without further ado, uh, let's discuss this. Let's talk about this. Uh, remember the Lord your God. Reflections on memory and faith. Um, I must admit that I often struggle in my relationship with God. It is probably daily. And I find myself in situations or thought patterns or even behaviors that display clearly where my heart is. And unfortunately, that's not necessarily where I desire it to be. And I realize that um, my struggle happens very often and probably um, one of the key parts of the struggle is that I forget. I keep forgetting who God is, what he's capable of, what he has done. Um, it's all often too easy and it comes too often. And this is where I started to think about the role of memory in the life of faith. And my attempt tonight is to share some of those reflections some of my questions, some of my ideas with you, hopefully to point us to engage with our memories and with how we remember in a more conscientious way, 
allowing us to grow in remembering the Lord individually, but also collectively. And I must start clarifying that I'm not a doctor or a psychologist or even a scientist. So please don't hear me as one. I'm here uh, as someone with an interest and uh, in how memory plays a part in our life of faith. And I searched in the Bible and I believe the Bible has a lot to say about it. And also what we learned from the traditions and practices of the church. I did read a little bit of science and, um, and I, and that gave me some insight on how memory works. And I will clumsy share some of those insights with you. Uh, but one of the most fascinating things I learned is that memory is still full of mystery. Although a lot has been already discovered, a lot remain, uh, remains unknown about the process of memory. So with that clarified, I invite you to walk me this path of discussing the importance of remembering. When I started to look in the scriptures, the word remember just started to pop everywhere. It was part of the turning of events. It was part of relationships, of beautiful speeches, of stunning poetry. Remembered was repeated over and over again. The Bible is full of examples that point to remembering. How often the people of God forget the same thing. The covenant, forget the Lord, forget what he did for them, what they were supposed to be doing. And every time they do it, they turn away from the Lord and away from his ways. So it seemed important to me and I desired to understand how this relationship with what we remember and how we act, we live, how we relate to uh, the world around us, how we relate to the Lord, how does it work? It seemed important. So I also asked, what is remembering for? And if we look at our mundane daily lives, memories are really quite essential. It's essential for learning. It's through memory that we are capable of learning something. From babies to the highest intellectual, memory plays a central role in our ability to do what we do, to learn what we have to learn. Think of learning as a chain of different steps that we then we are able to learn a new skill, but we need to remember the previous step to be able to build on that, to be able to understand a new concept, even to be able to uh, hear and talk and understand. We remember, remember in order to learn. Uh, take language, for example. A baby learns first that sounds, will make people touch them. And then they learn that there are different sounds that uh, have different effects on people. And then they will learn words and that words have meaning and they have impact in life. And all of a sudden they can talk. And it, it happens similarly when you learn a new language. You first learn the very basic languages What's the word for I and you and what and how? You learn very basic conversational uh, 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 sentences and then you remember them to be able to be able to learn a new language. And then 
you learn more and more and you're able to speak it, read it and hold a conversation in a new language. You remember and you learn and then you're able to use it in your life. Obviously, memory is important for communication and not just language. It's because of our capacity to remember, because of your capacity to remember the beginning of this sentence is that you are able to understand the sentence itself. Your memory is at work while you remember what I am trying to say. You might not remember much of this lecture by tomorrow, but to be able to comprehend it right now, your, mem your memory needs to be at work. And it's true for any form of communication. That's the reason that long sentences are so complicated to understand sometimes. Because you have a lot more to remember why you read it, why you are listening to it. You need to remember and make sense of it. We need to remember the topic of the conversation or the stories we shared. We also need to remember who that person is while we are talking and take that in consideration when we communicate, when we write something. We need to remember who we're talking to. Memory is important for a sense of who I am, because who we are is deeply connected to our memories. What happened to us, our decisions, our personal struggles, as simple as what we like and what we don't like, as simple as where we live and who lives with us. For all of that, we need to remember. We also need our memories for our ideas, for our plans, for our stories. Memories are essential to who we are and how we move and inhabit reality around us. And this is one of the reasons that the mention loss of memory can be so hard to deal with. And this is not the focus of this lecture. I do want to offer a few thoughts on that, but it is because there's a loss of access to all this uh, wealth of information, of memories, of stories, of all these abilities that slowly someone that's losing memory loses the access to. That's so hard to deal with that. Memory is also essential for relationships. We build on memory when we relate to each other. Whoever you met, even your parents, you met at one point in your life for the first time. And we get to go from there. The encounters, maybe they are memorable or not. They might be very special or really difficult. They might be really lovely or just day-to-day -day life. We build our memory to build our relationships. They are the foundations of relationships. And from each uh or from memory, the relationship flows, the relationship moves. And over time, what happens is that we get to know the person. We get to know the people we are relating because we remember. We can anticipate reactions, the good and the bad reactions. We can dream of situations that will make that special person feel good or loved. Or even we can fear such situations because we remember. In relationships, obviously, they take two people or more. And the memories are shared, are part of more than one person. 
And this is the reason you cannot have a relationship with your favorite celebrity, for example. Not only by reading about them on social media or listening to their music or watching their work, you cannot have a relationship with them. That's something else. It's not a true human-to-human relationship. It might be a curiosity, but an interest that goes only one way. That person probably doesn't know of your existence. So it's not really a relationship because they're not shared memories there. And again, I'm not a doctor or a scientist. And I do say that with fear and trembling. But when we do have a relationship that's established, part of our care for that person, when that person is losing their memory, is to hold their memories for them. We remember them and we remember who they are and who they have been. We remember what they like and what they don't like, and we carry that for them. And that might be one of the reasons that's so difficult, because the memory is not shared anymore. It is It comes slowly to one of the parts of the relationship, to one of the persons in the relationship. Did your grandma love that pink jumper? You, you will dress her in that pink jumper as often as possible because you know she loved it and you say out loud she looks lovely and you will remember for her how much she loved it. Was it carrot cake that he had for the last 50 years on his birthday? Let's have carrot cake on his birthday, even if he cannot have carrot cake anymore. Because this is what he loved. This is what he liked. We remember for them. And that is heavy. That is difficult. That is part of brokenness of the world. But remembering in relationship is never alone. We remember together. Memory is also important for history. Our understanding of who we are as a collective depends on our shared memory. The one that starts before we ever existed and will continue to unfold after we die. History is formed by the memories that we collected and passed on and organized in some sort of narrative. History will influence our lives, our culture, where we learn to eat, how to behave, what is valuable, what's off limits. In history, culture is built, and it might be the culture of your village, how people interact with each other and why they do so, or even a culture of a company. It goes back to how it was founded, who founded it, why they did so. What values were important to the people founding that, starting that company? And the culture of a people, the history of a people. What formed these people? What happened to them? What choices did they make? Where they came from? What did they hold on to while they do this walk through history? Memory will form this recognizable we. We share these stories these origins, these values. We repeat them, we tell them again and again, we recognize them, we recognize these memories. 
And all these layers of memory will be important to be able to navigate life. Memory can be understood in three big bulks. And again, this is a really big brushstroke on it. That's a lot to be said. Thick books written about it. A lot of still being done to understand it. But basically, memory works in working memory. Uh, it is uh, short-lived, your working memory, and it's enough to help you understand what's going on. The paragraph that you're reading, the follow-up the story on a movie, or even what someone is sharing for you, your working memory is there to help you comprehend the world. The world. So for that, we have working memory becoming long-term memories. That is a process. Long-term memories are composed by the memories that live in us, in our brains, in our minds, in our hearts for longer. And accessing those memories is what allows us to see them again in our mind's eyes. And actually, they become part of our lives. The long-term memories are those that Sometimes it's just there, there's stories, something that happened, a place that you visited. And sometimes they work within us. They change how we see life, how we inhabit the world. Sometimes the memories and the happenings and the things that we hold inside of us, they change everything. And psychologists will have a lot more to say about how they work in our subconscious, in our, in our ways of being in the world, in our behavior. But that's way more than I feel even comfortable to comment on that. But my interest is in our relationship with God. We will hope that our long-term memories will become living memories, as I'm following here, for lack of a better word, become living memories that will shape the way we inhabit the world, will shape our understanding of Him, will shape our relationship with Him, will shape our understanding of ourselves, of others. It will allow those memories of the Lord, the way we remember him, will allow us to be changed by them. So if we want that, if we really want that, how do we help memory? To remember better, we need basically four things, which is attention first. When we pay attention, we signal to our brain how it's functioning that that something is important. And it will be more likely that we will remember that, late, that later. Similarly, moments that are filled with emotion, maybe a lot of joy. You had your first child, you were getting married, you got that promotion, or sadness, or fear, or trauma. Moments that are filled with emotion are also more likely to live for longer in our brain. But that we cannot help, can we? Sometimes we prepare for something and hope that will be magnificent and good. But our attention, we can. We can direct our attention towards something. We can try to work it towards something that we do want to remember. Familiarity also helps. You remember the street you grew up on, 
or your old school corridors because you know them well. You remember people's faces or smells because they are part of your life, because you are familiar with them. We do know someone, a place, and that makes a huge difference to remembering because if we are familiar with it, it is part of our daily lives. If that's the reason you can walk around your house in the dark because you know where the doors and the furniture are placed. Because you remember, you are familiar with your house. You can navigate it. Familiarity really helps to remember. Another thing is repetition. We repeat it, we say it again, you retell that story, you read it again, you try to learn it one more time, you repeat it. Most of us will need to go somewhere in town maybe once or twice to be able to remember. You need to train yourself to be able to call it to mind. Repetition paves the way to our memories and allows us to keep it in ourselves, in our brains. That's why athletes train, because they teach their muscles, and muscle memory is a real thing. It is a thing that really exists according to science. You train your muscles to do the movements. You do it again and again. That's why you repeat so you can remember better. You can teach your body to remember better. And also the setting up of reminders in terms of remembering little things do help bring things to memory. That if that meals, that meal reminds you of your grandma, and I just noticed I love my examples, I relate to food that says something about a brick worker, I guess, <laughs> that will remind you of your grandmother. If she cooked it or not, was it lasagna that reminds you of your grandma? You will say that if she cooked it or not. If your friends are serving you lasagna, you say, that reminds me of my grandma. She put these or that, she put an extra layer of cheese just for me when she cooked lasagna for me. You say that to your friends. You will have a reminder of a lasagna in front of you and that will remind of your relationship with your grandma. That's why we bring fridge magnets from our trips because they remember, they help us to remember. And even if that fridge magnet spends a few years in the drawer, when we pick it up, we remember that place we visited again. Reminders work. That's why it is good to make notes and to do lists and things that help us to remember. But memory and faith, how does it all kind of come to help us understand what we really want to talk about tonight? Because if it is central to our understanding, and into, of ourselves individually, collectively, in terms of history, if it's going to locate us in the world, allow us to be, knowing where we stand, what we do, what we should do, how does it relate to faith? And as I said in the beginning, we tend to forget, I tend to forget, the people of God tend to forget, Forgetting is part of life. And I would argue that forgetting is even part, an important part of life and a good one at times. 
But just as if you were to forget your house or who your people are, and that will put you in suffering. If we forget who God is, that will put our life of faith in suffering. Because I tend to forget who he is. And forgetting who God is might be one of the first steps to distress, to anxiety, and to sin. Because he tells us that he's good, he's just, he's loving, he's kind, he's involved in his creation, he's a sustainer. The Bible teaches us that Jesus is our Savior and Redeemer, that the Spirit was sent to to be with us, to remind us of the Lord, to be, uh, to dwell within us. And I forget that really often. And I forget that the Lord desires to have a relationship with me. I forget that. And I forget also who I am. I forget who we are. It's easy to forget that we are creatures created to reflect and to be the image of God. It's even easy to forget that we are dust and to dust we shall return. Maybe you did put the mark on your forehead this week. And that's a good thing. It's a reminder of who you are, who we are. We are dust and to dust we shall return. We must remember that our lives are small and fragile, that we have desires and good intentions and plans, but we fall short of them and fall short of our own standards all too often, that we live in the reality of sin. We are glorious ruins, as Francis Schaeffer would repeat. But we are also loved, very loved. Even when we were still far away, the Lord loved us. And in Christ, we are accepted, we are forgiven. And I tend to forget it. I tend to forget that work, that wonderful work on the cross, that he is alive and that he will come again. I forget that I am part of a people that's walking the path and being redeemed by the Lord. But the good news is that God remembers. And the Bible tells us that he remembers. He remembers his covenant, his promises to his people. Genesis 8, you're probably familiar with the story. That is... The, the narrative of the end of the flood. Noah and his family and the animals are still in the ark and God remembered them. That's what says there. God remembered Noah. You, you, you are welcome to go there and check. God remembered them. Make it the rain stop and the wind blow so the water, the waters were lower. And in chapter eight, we have the accounts of the, Water's drying up, and Noah sent the raven and the dove, and they leave the ark. They offer a sacrifice to the Lord, and the Lord smells the pleasing aroma of the sacrifice. And he says in his own heart, heart, he says in his own heart, excuse me, I will not destroy the earth again. And then the next chapter, 
The Lord commands Noah and his family to be fruitful and multiply, echoing what he says to Adam and Eve. This is a new start, and there is a new covenant. And read with me what he's saying um, from verse 12. And God said, this is the sign of the covenant that I make between you, between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all future generations. I have set my bow in the cloud and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth and the bow is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And the water shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the sky, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on earth. God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. He sets a rainbow in the sky as a sign as a communication and as a reminder, and a reminder to himself. Please don't hear me saying that the Lord's brain works like ours, but this is how the Bible describes it. He will remember. He remembers. The first mentioning of this word in the whole Bible is about God remembering. And the word is more than 200 times in the Bible. God is the first to remember. And multiple times it says that he remembers. Over and over the, the Bible says, and God remembered his covenant. God remembered the person. God remembered the people. God remembered the story. And he turned to them and blessed them and cared for them. Maybe another good part of the news is that God forgets he's willing to do so. Book of Jeremiah in chapter 31, we read the account of the regathering of the people of Israel. Jeremiah spent the whole book telling the Israelites how they turn away from the Lord, how they've been disobeying, how the wrath of God will be over them and they should turn back to the Lord. But then chapter 31 is this beautiful account of how the Lord will uh, regather all of them again, how we will do it. And uh, how come, how come could that happen with that people? Listen how beautifully Jeremiah writes about it. Is Ephraim my dear son? Is he my darling child? For as often as I speak against him, I do remember him still. Therefore my heart yearns for him. I will surely have mercy on him, declares the Lord. He remembers his people. And then he says, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, declares the Lord. 
For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them and I will write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they shall be my people. And no longer shall each teach his neighbor and each his brother saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. From the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity. I will remember their sin no more. I will remember their sin no more. Centuries later, the Apostle Paul will reflect on the work of Christ. And in the book of Hebrews, he will refer back again to the book of Jeremiah and say how that happens in Jesus Christ that there is a regathering, that the law of the Lord is written in our hearts and that we know him through Christ. And then through him, all sins are forgiven. And beyond that, all sins are forgotten. Hallelujah. And because of that, we remember him. Because when we enter in our relationship with God, we seek to love and honor him. To remember him is key to the life of faith. Who is this God we worship? What has he done? What does he do? What are his, prom what are his promises? We need to be able to recall, to call to mind. The Bible will communicate with us this history, the wisdom of the Lord, the teachings of him. The, the church will carry the memories of the believers and help us to remember. Life under the shadow of the fall is hard, is challenging, is difficult. We will not remember well, but remember we must. And if we agree that memory is what allows us to inhabit and be in the world, to be a believer, will be then in a such a strange, beautiful, wonderful way. It will be to acquire a new set of memories in addition to those we already hold. To be a Christian is many things, but to be a Christian is also enter a story that we are not front and center and acquire this new way of inhabiting reality. And that will happen partially by remembering events and stories that did not happen to us. In addition to all that the Lord is doing in our individual lives, we learn to trust what the Lord is doing for us individually at the present moment, and we learn to trust what he tells us he has done through the Bible, through the church, through the lives of the, saint, the saints, through the centuries. Because we do not only rely on our own memory of who God is. We tell the stories of God's people, the memories that they have, of how the Lord delivered them, how the Lord had mercy on them again and again. We remember the stories that Jesus told. We remember what he did throughout his life on earth. We remember what he's telling us, what he's doing, what he's going to do in his return. It is because 
of those memories and what the Lord has done to them, many people, to be able to carry that, to remember, to be able to deliver that to us. Many people lost their lives or got in big trouble, and many people still do. And we should be thankful if we are in a country that we can live our faith freely. Because many, to be able to carry those memories forward, have lost their lives, have risked everything. And remembering is center of it, is centering of being able to obey the Lord. And I would like to show that through a commandment that the Lord gives to his people. And that is known as the Shema. It is an ancient prayer, part of the book of Deuteronomy, and is, uh, is referred again in Numbers. And the Shema is repeated by many Jewish people to this day, night, uh, day and night, every day. And it, you will recognize that, and you might have studied it already. Jesus himself refers that, uh, and that's recorded in the Gospels. So the Shema says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontless between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. All elements of a memory being formed and shaping People shaping an individual and shaping a group of people are all here in the Shema. And I hope to show you, I'll break it down for us. So the Shema starts with here of all Israel. Shema means, it's translated as here, but it's a call to attention. Shema is listen up, pay attention to what I'm saying. Pay attention. Hear, O Israel, pay attention. All you people of the Lord, hear what I'm going to say. Pay attention. First element of building a good memory about something that is important. And we get familiar with the Lord. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Get familiar, enter this relationship with him, get to know him, Rem because we remember what we are familiar with. Not that we can hold the completion of who the Lord is in our little minds, with our little understandings, but we do have the hope of a relationship that can grow with the Lord. And that's what we are invited to do. Love the Lord. You don't love at distance. That's not love. That's something else. You love when you nourish a relationship. You love when you go and you spend time with a person. You love when you serve them. That's what we are invited to do. And then we repeat it again and again. We pass it on 
you, we do not forget because we're teaching it. We're teaching it to our children and we talk about it. We discuss it. We do theology. <laughs> we do library lunch tables and we talk about it. And we, when we walk by the way, when we lie down, we remember, we repeat them again and again because then we will remember better. You then set up reminders to that. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand. There should be a frontlet between your eyes. You should have them. And I think that is very, very tangible. It should be tangible. We should be setting up reminders that are tangible to us. Pick up something and put it up on your walks. If you struggle to remember something, do what? Set up a reminder. Um, the verse in Matthew 6 has been speaking to Joshua and I that the Lord sustains the birds for over many, many years now. And we've been collecting pictures of birds where we can because that reminds us that the Lord, the Lord is the Lord that sustains us. The Lord is the Lord that provides. And we need that. I walk past the corridor every morning towards the kitchen to a little bird made of iron. And I love that. And I love because it's saying to me again that the Lord is a provider. The Lord is a good one that takes care of the little birds and takes care of me. We need the symbols of, remind, of remembrance. We need to take up memorial stones. I recommend to you Francis Schaeffer's sermon on Joshua 4 and 5 and building memorials. And he um, will talk about it so beautifully. If you are not familiar with the passage in Joshua 4, they're finally uh, coming to cross the Jordan to enter the promised land. The, the land that was promised since the time of Abraham, generations of generations of generations of Israelites have been waiting to enter that land. And they've been 40 years in the desert with Moses. Joshua is their new leader. Did I say Joshua before? I might have said Joseph. I'm so sorry. Did I? Did... Joshua. It's Joshua. Um, and they're finally crossing over the Jordan and they make what Francis Schaeffer called a pile and giggle, which is Joshua calls them, calls 12 representatives, one of each tribe. And the Lord tells them that they should take up a stone from the middle of the Jordan and place it on the other side of the Jordan as a memorial to what the Lord does. And each one of those uh, representatives of each one of the tribes takes up stone and takes them to the other side of the Jordan. And the Lord tells them, you should show your children, you should show these memorial stones what the Lord has done for you. And, and we should pick up our stones out of Jordan, our tangible stones out of Jordan of when the Lord did things for us. Do not take me just metaphorically. Pick up the stones. Put them in your house. 
Make a new tattoo. Do something that will remember you of the Lord. Because we need that. We tend to forget. And the Lord in his goodness told them, do that. So you will remember. You will take your children back to the shores of the Jordan. And you tell them the stories. The stones will be there. Pick up the stones. Make it fixed points in your life that you can look back and remember. Set up the reminders that you need to be able to remember who the Lord is. Because we also should remember together. The stones are not just for that people that were there crossing the Jordan. It's for those that will come after them and they will be able to take them there and tell the stories. We are called as a church to remember the Lord together. And it's easy to think in modern times that we should do it all individually. And that's a lie. The good news is that we are called to be part of a group, a collective, a people. And that's why we have traditions. We have special days. We should not Leave up this erosion of community, as Bishop Han so beautifully puts it. We, when our communities are eroded, our memories erode, and we do not know who we are anymore. We need rituals, we need traditions. And Christianity, thankfully, is full of them to help us recognize who we are. And maybe the most important one is the Lord's Supper. And amongst many things, what the Lord's Supper is, is an act of remembrance. And it is, a, and we do, a, do that to, through a ritual that we perform, that we are called to perform regularly. The Lord, in his wisdom, took very mundane, everyday elements, wine and bread that you can have all over the world, to be able to gather in remembrance of him. And he knows we are inclined to forget. So he gave us things that are easy to find to be able to remember him. Bread as his body broken, wine as his blood shed. No wonder the church has discussed it for so many centuries and what it means and how we do it. Because it's a deep well of meanings that is so, is so rich. It is an act, is a meal, and it represents a meal that you and I, we were not there. It's also a memory, but will place us in history, will connect us to that night that the Lord shared that with his disciples. It's their memory passed on, and it becomes our memory, our remembering of this special, this unique this sacrament, and it places in relationship with the church, with all the saints that took bread and wine before us and all the saints that would take after us. It's a remembrance of who God is and what he has done for us is tangible. So why should I, should I think that I don't need tangible reminders throughout my life? And my question is, why do we need to remember the Lord? We need to remember him so we do not lose our hope. 
Because friends, our circumstances change. Life is hard sometimes. A wise man once told me that if we haven't yet experienced tragedy in this life, we probably will. Most of us have experienced tragedies. Most of us will. But we remember because the Lord is good because of himself. That even in the midst of tragedy, he remains who he is. That's why we are invited to look at the stones, to take a sip of the wine and take heart. Because the Lord remembers even when we do not remember him. He is faithful. He is faithful because of himself, because of his steadfast love. And I'll close with Lamentations 3. I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. Yet these I call to mind, these I remember, yet these I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. Thank you, everybody. I look forward to hear your comments. Paoli, do you want to ask a question? Yeah. Yeah, do you want to do you mind coming up? If you don't mind coming up, then if you come about here or something, then yeah, that's yeah, I think that's good. Then Lydia can see you on the camera. Hi, thank you. Um, my question is uh, we just talked a lot about remembering God, but I feel that Christians tend to neglect that we need to remember the self because the self is the being that is going to relate to God. And I was wondering if you had any comments on that. Remembering the self, ourselves? Yes, yeah. yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Jim, do you want me to, to answer it now? Are you going to do a group of questions? Uh, no, yeah. Sorry. Okay. Do you want to do one? Thank you. I don't know. No. It's, 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 okay. <laughs> Lily, now we a minute to think about it. And then, Andy, you can ask your question. Then Lily can okay. deal with them in which way she wants to. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you relate it to me. If you can't hear this, Lily, just shout and I'll okay. repeat it. Okay. So we, we came partly because we've had an ongoing discussion about whether there's memory in heaven. Come on. Now, now verse in Isaiah it says, forget the former things. Uh, I'm not sure if that's referring to law, the time of the law, moving on to the time of the gospel, although there is a kind of very much looking ahead in Isaiah. Now, I won't say what side I'm on on that. I just think that's an interesting question, yeah. and, and I'd like to hear your thoughts. Did you hear that, Lily? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, it was a yeah. question about, yeah, will we remember things in heaven? And there's a verse in Isaiah that says, we'll forget the former things. Okay, good. I'll let you deal with those in the order you want to. <laughs> <And> then, uh... <laughs> yeah, thanks. Thanks for your question. Uh, to the first question, I think we are pretty good at 
remembering who remind remembering ourselves um uh, if i get you right it's like remembering well about who we are and what we do i'm not sure at least that my review myself more than I tend to, I don't forget myself that often. <laughs> um, and I think our memories do influence our lives individually. And sometimes it's true. And again, I'm not, I'm not qualified to comment on that. Uh, but it might hurt us and it might be really difficult to deal with. And I think that is a importance huge importance to dealing with them and also understanding how they might influence our relationships and our relationship with the lord and with others but in terms of taking care of myself or being reminded of what i need i sometimes think yeah I, i'm good with that um, I, I welcome your your pushback if you have uh, something to comment on that. But I do think that in our relationship with the Lord, that is uh, growing in becoming more of ourselves. That's also true that if we look to our creator, he allows us and he uh, reveals to us more of who we are created to be in one sense. So uh, rem remembering the Lord is not necessarily forgetting ourselves. I think I, the Bible will speak to it as, as well, like, oh, uh, we should forgetting uh, just our needs that the Lord will, uh, will provide for them and not be focused on that. I think that exists and that's true. But I think it's a bit more like a dance than really one or the other. And I would tend to say, as I have said, that we do remember ourselves quite well. And we do take care and are reminded of taking care of ourselves in our culture, in our times, quite often. And that is important. But I don't see that necessarily as um, I don't know, as an issue now, I see that we as a people of God, as part of history, forget him way too often and forget who he is and what he has done very often. But, yeah. Pauli, do you want to just say what you meant by, rem you know, yeah. remembering um, yourself? Yeah, that yeah, might be helpful. Sure. Yeah. 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 You could just say. Yeah. yeah. Um, the What I mean when I'm referring to the self it's not, we of course remember, we know when we are hungry and we know our likes and dislikes and we know when we want something or don't want something. But what I mean when I'm referring to the self is like the self as an entity, knowing who we are. And that is slightly different than knowing on a moment by moment basis what we right. feel inclined to do or say or... It, that self as an entity, I think that the secular world tries really hard to get to know, is very focused to the point of self-centeredness. Yeah. And I think Christians 
because they don't want to be self-centered, they tend to shy away, they right. tend to throw away the baby with the bathwater. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's the, the self that I that So like more an ignoring of the self for something or yeah, like, mm -hmm. yes. yeah, as if yeah. you, you're not important, you don't matter or something. As like if that. to have a relationship with God, all you need to do is focus on God. Like a negating, but, maybe a negating of the self. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. When in fact God created you unique, yeah. God created yeah. you specifically. Yeah. So he wants to relate to that self. And we yeah. sort of mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I agree with you. I think there is a tendency uh, that we might be entering into trying to not think of ourselves. But that again, I don't think that's Christianity. As you mentioned yourself, the Lord created us beautifully, individually, created us in ways that we should um, know and care about. And by knowing ourselves, by remembering who we are in him, is how we can do it. I think the relationship with the Lord will help us. The relationship with him will allow us to grow into ourselves, to grow into this uh, more than this creature, this child of who he's calling us to be. So remembering who we are and taking care of ourselves does come alongside with remembering the Lord, remembering who he is. I don't think we need to uh, eliminate one or the other. And I think we do have to have open eyes to really have our hearts renewed by the Spirit and by what the Lord is doing for us. Because, yes, it's true, He created us individually, beautifully. And um, I think it's, like, it's that question of falling off the horse, right? Is all we always need to find the balance, the tension. The word liberty loves to repeat. The tension is a tension between understanding and growing into growing, knowing the Lord, remembering the Lord, and then uh, remembering um, our own lives, our individual stories. Yeah. Um, and the second question. I was just going to say, I don't know if it, it is helpful. I have, I have a friend who has a tattoo, two tattoos, one on each, um, and one says, I am nothing but ashes and dust. And the other one says, for me, the Lord created the universe. Mm. So it's actually a saying by a rabbi. Actually, he says, in, 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 he says, you should have two stones, one in each pocket. And one says, I'm nothing but ashes and dust. And the other one says, for me, the Lord created the universe. You know, and sometimes you have to take out one and sometimes the other. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's a rabbinic. I can't remember which rabbi said it, but maybe, mm -hmm. <laughs> maybe that illustrates yeah. well what you're saying, the yeah. tension of the two. Yeah. Yeah, and also I love the idea of the stones. Yeah, the tangible reminder of that. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. It, yeah. yeah. It's easy to do and important, I would say, even. Yeah. Um, the second question, will we have memories in heaven? I don't know. <laughs> um, I tend to think that uh, redemption yeah. and being redeemed is not being completely uh, erased from who we were. 
what kind of memories we're going to have, how we're going to hold them, I don't know. I can't really affirm one or the other, but I tend into the side of redemption and uh, being redeemed. And I think our, our memories will be part of that. How will that happen? No idea, Jim. Do you, Do you have anything to help me here? <laughs> yeah, I have. And I, I don't. I, I, I would be more affirmative. Um, I would say that we definitely will remember things in heaven. Otherwise, you would look at the wounds on Jesus. <laughs> Otherwise, you would look at the wounds on Jesus, and you, you would say, "How did you get those?" Yes. Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah. Just held up your book. Just held oh, she just held my book. What did I have to say? What's the subtext on that? It says, it's well, what, what's, it says, uh, what did I have to say? It says uh, something like, uh, okay, the, good, the good hope. I can't remember. But anyway, but I think that that is uh, talk about memory. I can't remember. But I, yeah, so I, I would say that that's. But I, I think Lily's. You're right, Lily. What you said about I think our relationship to the events in our lives will be changed because mm -hmm. we all see them in a totally different perspective. Mm -hmm. But um, but I think you know. But yeah, I think I, we will. Otherwise, as I said, we would look at Jesus and say, how did you get those? And That's a great our, reminder. Thank you, Jim. Part of the story of how we got those is, is our sin, isn't it? And so that's part of his glory. So, But I think our relation to it, to it will be very changed. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. You, have you got a follow-up thing to say? Yeah. Um, I, I agree with that. What, uh, very briefly, when you were talking, I thought, well, you know, if we don't remember, how can we praise him? Because we don't yes. know language. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. We'll be like him. Yeah. I can't imagine Jesus forgetting. No. Yeah. Yeah. Thirdly, one of the things that actually uh, kind of turned me intellectually exploring, turned me away from um, Eastern pantheism and so on, was the fact that their version of heaven, and you're less than human. You lose your identity in them, you know. So that, I think the same way as you. Yeah. Um, I have something to my friend. Um, well, I'm just going to offer scripture. Uh, so the verse that uh, started this was Isaiah 65:17. See, I will create new heavens and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. In the context of a new earth, so I guess it's also there's a distinction perhaps between heaven and the next kingdom. So, um, but yeah, so there might be a difference there. But then there's also other scriptures. Um, I won't. Don't want to go too much down. That I mean, question. Maybe we can pick it up. You can you can chat afterwards. But I don't want to go too much down them. Um, just that specific question that would be good to just give give some other people a chance to. Anybody else got 
something about memory or something they'd like to. Very different topic. Oh, you got okay. You got a very different topic. Yeah, it's not a topic. Sorry, it's it's on it's on topic. Or a question. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. So, if you could remember one verse, what would it be and why? Ah, answers on a page. I did. I didn't really get the 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 very end of the question. It was just if you could remember one Bible verse, what would you remember and why, or what would it be? But me, yeah. Um, I think. I think the the oh, that's just is how is that even possible <laughs> to remember just one, but. Um, I do think the Shema is a really important uh, way of looking at our relationship with the Lord and how he's one and how we can love him. John 3.16 would be up there because God so loved the world that he sent his only son. I think, but the, the Bible is full of so many beautiful things. But if I had to remember who the Lord is and what he has done, maybe John 316. <laughs> yeah. And, let's um, yeah. yeah, let's look. Yeah, we've got another couple of questions. We've got some here. Anyone at the back got anything else? We're going. Mark, you got a question. So, yeah. If I could just comment and say that, Lily, that uh, our memories are very poor. There'd be lots of studies of patients and they've documented what happened to them in their illness and then they'd be asked to give a history and they only got 10% of it right. <laughs> so first of all, our memories are poor. Secondly, you don't achieve good memories without sleep. <laughs> our memories are actually laid down in non-REM sleep. So without sleep... If I have a poor sleep tonight, I am not going to remember any of you at all. <laughs> but I have tomorrow night, if I have a good sleep, then the, some of the talk will actually be, be passed into the brain through spindles and K-complexes, and, will, and I will achieve some memory. So sleep is so important. And it just reminds me that Jesus says, for those who labour and are heavy laden, come unto me. And rest. And I just think that we actually achieve good memory through actually good rest. That is stunning. I will remember that for the rest of my life because one of my pet topics is rest, and I do it very poorly. Um, But I love the idea that we will remember better. If we rest, thank you for that. I will keep that in my heart. Thank you. Good. Uh, thank you very much for your talk. Uh, I like what you said about living memory, that our our relationships depend on remembering things about one another. And I, there's a verse I like in the scripture which says, Remember the wife of your youth. <laughs> I look back at my wife. We've been married over forty years, but I look. I, I, it's the same. The person there's not just the person I see in front of me, but I remember all the mm. earlier years 
and I see all of them in the relationship I have now, and it, it enhances it and yeah. makes it special and different yeah. from any fleeting relationships you have with other people. Yes. Yeah, because in remembering that is a richness that we can reach to uh, in the way we relate to each other. When we have a long-term friend, we know where that car came from when you fell from your bike and you share that with your friend. And that is beautiful because we know each other and we reach that point that we know who are we thinking and because we remember. And I think the idea that we should be just, um, yeah, relationships should be always the same or even in marriage where people say, oh, things are different. I know they mean things are difficult, but they are supposed to be different. We live together. We, we are not that much of a mystery to each other anymore as the years go by. And it should be the same in friendship. And that should delight us because we remember. And when we don't, it does bring us suffering. We know that. It brings suffering to the other person. It brings suffering to, to us. Um, so yeah, that is, that's a way of living memory and how it enhances and beautifies life through relationship. And so may it be with the Lord and it will be endless things. We will never, ever, ever know him well enough because he is so large, so big. I will be so much to know about him. We might know him very well but we'll never run out of things to know about him. So that that's exciting. It should excite us. Right. Here we've got a question. Yeah, Peter. So question my question is just about the relationship between memory and forgiveness and forgiveness between human beings. I mean, you've got to huh. and God. Yeah. Um, just your thoughts on that. Mm. Yeah. Are you thinking about yes, like people often say, oh, forgiving is forgetting. Yeah. Is that what you're thinking about? Well, or yeah. I mean, I've given people that I can't forget. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Have you really forgiven them if you still remember? Yeah. Them. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. so it's really about forgiveness, the heart of forgiveness, mm-hmm. how that affects your memory. Mm-hmm. That's my question. Yeah. Sorry, what did you say last? Well, at the heart of forgiveness and how that affects your memory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Um, I think the forgiveness between humans is um, complex. It is only done through the grace of the Lord in an actual way. I think even when we do forgive, when we do want to to remain in the relationship, it is only through the work of the Spirit that we will not dwell in what happened. Because I think there is a difference between remembering that your friend betrayed you and um, dwelling on that. 
And we, you might never forget that, but if you forgave that friend and you are uh, willing to rebuild the relationship, you are giving that person another chance and forgiving again and again, as the Lord told us to do. Um, but forgiving is not the same thing as trusting again. I think not necessarily we are called to reestablish a relationship. It would be better if we could, all of them. It would be better if we could rebuild trust. But sometimes I think in this side of redemption, that's unfortunately not possible. And then the what we do when we forgive, and I think we are called to forgive, is we are not holding judgment over this person. We we gave it back to the Lord. And we might restore the relationship with them and work on that and, and ask the Lord to work in that relationship. Or we might see that it is better and it is more important at that moment to not rebuild trust, to cut the relationship. I think, again, it's really difficult to know when, how we do it well. But I, do, I think we are called to forgive. And give it back to the Lord. Give it back to his judgment, to how he will hold that person accountable. Not our, it's not our call to hold that person accountable when there is forgiveness. But not necessarily we will build trust. Does it make sense? Hold on. <laughs> Lily, I had a question thinking about um, just practical examples of um, kind of reminders that we can give ourselves. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, yeah I, I'm thinking about, I mean, you mentioned, did you mention tattoos, people getting tattoos, <laughs> which are, you know, I know a lot of people who have tattoos of important events to remind them of something that happened or somebody but I'm thinking about yeah how we can do that in a sense of reminding us of who God is and mm -hmm. his work in our lives are there things that you you do mm -hmm. uh, as a family or whatever maybe you could tell us some of those and I'm yeah. just thinking about helping people's imagination about how they can have these yeah. you know a living memory in their lives mm -hmm. yeah yeah. Sorry. So uh, memorials. Memorials. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 How do we view the memorials, right? Yeah. I yeah. think. I think uh, we do have to be intentional about that and what works for us. I spend a lot of time at home, and I am, and it is a new home, and we've been trying to put up the memorials that we did have, and those uh, 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 the Lord is giving us now. As I said, the themes, the theme of birds, has been going on for a while in our lives. So we do try to collect things that remind us of 
that have birds on it. I have mugs with birds. We have tiny little, little birds that are made of like air dry clay that's just so beautiful that we have in a little corner. We have pictures of feathers that an artist that was there in the manor gave to us as a surprise. We have birds. <laughs> We're not actual living birds. We have uh, birds uh, to remind ourselves of the care of the Lord. Uh, we went through a difficult time and lavenders had become something that uh, reminded us of the beauty of the Lord and how he, uh, in lavenders, they keep that smell even after they dry up. And that's really important for us. And through that period of time when we as a family uh, went through. So we had we asked an artist to paint a lavender for us and we have it up on the wall. And uh, I have uh, lavenders planted in the garden. And we have uh, lavenders coming inside the house whenever it's possible. <laughs> we bring it inside in flower vases um, because we love that. Yeah. We try to have very special Sunday breakfasts. Uh, I know that's depending what you do. Uh, that That's not really feasible, but have a feast day every week have something you love. <laughs> I love that. We learned that at the manor, that on Sundays, uh, breakfast were juice and fruit and uh, and, when, and and croissants. Is that still the menu? Is that still there? Fruits and, and yeah. And we started to do it ourselves. We usually have pancakes um, on Sunday mornings and that is a feast day. We feast on Sundays because that's the day of the resurrection. <laughs> and we do that. Uh, again, here's the here's library worker speaking of food, but we do love it. <laughs> and we we share that together. We create a rhythm in our lives. Uh, we have special breakfasts on, on Sundays because that is a day set aside that we are going to share with others that love the Lord as well. They're seeking to do so. We're going to go to the service. So breakfast starts a day quite special. Um, yes, there's so, yeah, we mark, we mark the days on the calendar. We mark Ash Wednesday and the beginning of Advent when, how we can with others when we can as a family when we, it's only us. So yeah. Do you guys have other? I do not have tattoos. I'm not brave enough. But I do know it's important for people. Uh, so maybe others have other things. What other things do people do to remind themselves? Anybody brave enough to say? Journaling. Journaling. Okay, that's a great way to remember, isn't it? Yeah. Jo yeah. 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 Photos. Photos, yeah. Photos, yay. Yes. I collect rocks from places, well, stones, I guess stones, <laughs> that I have on my, yeah, on my chest of drawers that remind me of places that were important, where important things happened. Yeah. Yeah, we have seashells as well. Yeah. 
Yes. We have seashells. We love them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Memorizing thing. I've mem memorized some songs. That's yeah. Really good. Someone on the chat just said wearing rings reminds them of right things. Okay. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. Jewelry usually. Um, yeah. People do like jewelry to help them. Uh, my my bracelet broke. But I have, um, and I need to get it fixed, but I have a bracelet that my grandfather gave my grandmother. Uh, and they were married for over 50 years. And then she gave that to me. And it's just a symbol of the, of the faithfulness of the Lord to them, to our families, to, to us. So unfortunately it broke, but, I I used to wear it all the time and it was just a good reminder. Yeah, Jerry is also a good one. Good. Lily, I think we're at time. We're at half past, so we should probably finish. You can't see me, can you? But um No. <laughs> thank you very much. Um thank you. for giving us, yeah. We hope we'll sleep well tonight, according to Mark, and lay down some, what did you call it, K-something? K uh, spindles and K-complexes. Spindles and K-complexes of memory, so that we <laughs> um, we can know, uh, remember. And, um, yeah, thank you very much for introducing us to a really important topic.